You're listening to the Astro Backyard Podcast. Capture the night sky. Welcome to the Astro Backyard Podcast, the podcast that talks about astrophotography and the equipment used to take great images. I am Steve Malia from OntarioTelescope.com. And I'm Trevor Jones from AstroBackyard.com. With each podcast, you, the listener, can expect to hear what is up in the night sky, imaging techniques, equipment reviews, and interviews with industry professionals. This podcast is for everyone, whether you're looking to get into imaging, already in it, or have questions, or if you're a seasoned imager and you want to know what the latest and greatest gear is. Along with hearing about how to get great images, take great images, we'll look at objects that are in season and how to plan your imaging run to get the most out of the night. There's also the equipment. Each episode will go over the cameras, telescopes, lenses, filters, mounts, and all the other cool accessories available. Taking images can be done with a simple point-and-shoot camera, DSLRs, dedicated astronomy cameras, webcams, and even a smartphone. Trevor, tell us about your latest project. What have you been working on? So just last night I was working on the Iris Nebula, um, which is a beautiful reflection nebula. And um, I've been using the Altair Hypercam 183C and capturing some nice 60-second subs on that area, picking up the uh, some of the dark dust and uh, creating a, a nice high signal-to-noise ratio image. So the, one, the 183C, the Hypercam, tell us what mm-hmm. exactly that is, because people are probably listening thing I've never heard of a Hypercam 183C before. Right, so I think of the 183C as kind of the next step up from a DSLR. And uh, I I was I had a heavy background in uh, DSLR photography when I started astrophotography, so this was kind of the, uh, the natural next step for me. So the biggest benefit uh, of this camera over a DSLR is the uh, internal fan cooling. It's got several features that I know there's reduced amp glow as well, but that's where I've noticed the biggest difference, especially imaging uh, on a hot summer night. So that basically means that the uh, the images are a lot less noisy, and also it, it has added benefits of a lot of the features you would get in a CCD camera, such as uh, the gain controls and the highly sensitive sensor. But without, without the high price tag. Exactly. Awesome. Um, so what else, uh, what's, what's new with, uh, in the equipment world these days, Steve? Well, you mentioned that, that camera, the Hypercam from Altair Astro, and there's a new line of telescopes that's been released from Explore Scientific using some really good glass called it FCD 100. FCD 100 glass is made by Hoya, and if you look at the, the charts for this glass, you can see that it's actually slightly better than very well-known FPL 53, which is used by other manufacturers um, quite extensively. The uh, FCD 100 line of telescopes from Explore Scientific are available in the 80, the 120, no, sorry, not 120, the 102, and the 127 millimeter. I have 127 millimeter myself in FCD 100, and one of the biggest tests that I could, well, one of the best tests I thought I can I could put it put it up against was uh, the moon. Um, try to find some false color when looking at the moon just visually, uh-huh. and I took probably the worst eyepiece I could find, 
and uh, which was a uh, uh, probably the most produced eyepiece in the world, the Mead 26 millimeter eyepiece. And I uh, tried it out, and I saw no false color at all. It was razor sharp wow. all along the edge. It was quite amazing. Um, and I let a couple of my friends look through it that are extremely picky, and uh, they were happy with it. So I figured, yeah, it's got to be pretty good. And it's an amazing scope. Um, it's uh, an f7.5, so it's got the uh, focal length to really bring in those distant objects. Um, and with the uh, FCD100 glass, once I uh, uh, really hone in on my imaging skills, I'm sure I'll be able to get some images that might come about halfway as good as yours. Oh, come uh, on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got a long way to go, but I know the equipment and uh, um, what I need to get there. Uh, and then you've got the skills to, uh, to produce the images. Um, one of the, uh, one of the, the filters I gave you recently to try out was that the batter sky glow filter. How much of a difference has that made in taking an image using that filter compared to not having a filter with your camera? So the, you can see the difference right away just when you take that initial, uh, exposure, so I'm, I'm right in the middle of town, so the light pollution is just horrible. So shooting without uh, any type of filter is a really bad idea. Uh, I've done it in the past, and I'm able to salvage the data, uh, but it's, it's a lot of work in post-processing. So the difference of putting the, uh, the batter UHC S filter with the, uh, the hypercam, it's, it's, a huge, it's a night and day difference. So the, where you see it is the contrast between the deep sky object and the background sky. So it basically gives me some usable color RGB data from the Altair Hypercam as opposed to a messy frame that maybe I could I could pull something out of. So it's pretty much essential for anyone shooting in a light polluted area trying to capture color data. So it'll basically make the image or the object pop, right? Exactly. Yeah. Really but, see it from, like definitely be able to look at it and say, that's what I'm looking for. That's right. And that's yeah. what the filter does. From from a smudge in a in a white frame to a, a defined object uh, against a black sky. So pretty big difference. So how how would you compare that to the SkyTech filters that you've been using in a DSLR, or, or the SkyTech filters are just simply light pollution filtering right. only. Right. So uh, it, it's hard to tell exactly without a head to head um, comparison, which I plan on doing. But uh, the same sort of uh, idea applies with those. It was uh, with, with a light pollution filter like that, that really separates the object from the background sky. Uh, the, the amount of difference between the two filters uh, is yet to be tested, but uh, uh, both, both are effective at, at covering that. That's awesome. The, uh, the, last, the last piece of equipment that uh, is vital to almost any imager would be an, an auto guider. Um, solution and mm -hmm. one of the packages that we've been put together was a now, now it's available in I, I don't know if I told you about this Trevor you've got a 50 millimeter guide scope it's now available available in a 60 millimeter guide scope and uh, the Altair GP cam mm -hmm. to mono camera um, for for guiding and mm -hmm. that's a, a package that's available uh, uh, that will work with any telescope, any scope, any any imaging package. It has an ST4 port on it, so it should plug directly into your into your mount, and uh, mm -hmm. you can guide using uh, a PhD, which is I think everybody uses PhD for 
for guiding. Uh, the drivers are uh, built right in for the camera. Um, using that solution versus uh, other solutions you've you've used in the past, how would you rate that Altair camera? The best way to describe that uh, Altair auto guiding system is that uh, it just makes my life easier. I don't think about auto guiding. I think about imaging my target and uh, focus, and I just focus on imaging, not auto guiding, because it's so simple and it's reliable and it just works every time. So with my previous uh, auto guiding system, I had a lot of issues. I had an old uh, Mead DSi Pro 2 camera. It's, it's getting old now. And then the, the very popular Orion 50 millimeter mini guide scope. And it was just, it wasn't very high quality. It wasn't built very good. And, uh, I was constantly having to adjust focus. It was very finicky. Uh, as opposed to this, the Starwave 50 millimeter is, uh, it's a lot more well made. And you can tell it just, it holds focus for months at a time. I don't worry about it. And the camera is just, is so much improved over the Mead DSi. It's uh, a lot more sensitive, uh, and my calibration when uh, auto-guiding through PhD, the whole thing takes about 15 seconds as opposed to 15 to 20 minutes of, of fighting with, with the old system. So it's just been uh, it's just been a pleasure. That's awesome. So mo- moving, uh, moving forward, what do you think your next project is going to be, Trevor? What do you plan on capturing next? What can we expect? <laughs> okay. Uh, so the next project is the uh, Pelican Nebula IC5070 in Cygnus, and uh, it's a pretty um, contrasty target. Uh, there's a lot of different gases in there and a lot of dark dust, so I'll be shooting that with the uh, the, the hypercam, and uh, I've, I've framed it up just right to kind of capture some of the, the dust that I'm after. And uh, last night I was just shooting some broadband color RGB uh, data on it because I like those natural star colors and then I'll be blending in some narrowband data a- afterwards to kind of get the best of both worlds. What, what software are you using with that? Are you using the, the software that, that came with the camera, the SharpCap, or using something else? No, I actually, I really like Astrophotography Tool. It's very user-friendly and um, it can do everything I need and more actually. There's still a ton of features I haven't used, but it's great for framing, focusing, sequencing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you, I, I just love it. You need to get into that, that one feature that I keep telling you about to, to line everything up automatically, the plate solving. Oh, that, I, that, I know. That is such a godsend um, <laughs> because I just do my polar alignment and I do a plate solve. It goes to the star that I tell it and it says yeah that's what it is and it syncs up the mount and away it goes and it it's awesome um and everything comes into frame afterwards um it's such a great great feature i'm still living in the dark ages and it's i'm actually getting starting to get embarrassed to tell people that i use the hand controller because people actually get mad at me when i tell them that now they're like what are you doing (laughs) so i'm gonna have to sort that out (laughs) that's awesome Oh, we'll get there. You get, I got the plate solving down, but I don't have the imaging, and you've got the imaging, and I'll show you how to plate solve. Yeah, we're um, a good team. There we go. That's awesome. Uh, upcoming episodes, we'll be featuring an interview with Scott Roberts of Explore Scientific, which is absolutely huge. Scott Roberts has been in the industry for decades, uh, starting off at a dealer and moving his way up, uh, becoming the 
eventually the vice president of sales, I believe that's what it was, at Mead before leaving and starting Explore Scientific uh, 10 years ago. I think they just had their 10-year anniversary not too long ago. Um, and look where they are now, worldwide um, known company. They put out some of the best uh, refractors uh, you can buy, and uh, uh, they perform really, really well. Uh, for, for money that you pay. Um, we'll be talking about go-to mounts and take an in-depth look into cameras and imaging uh, filters, the different type of filters that are available and how to use them with uh, with the camera that you have. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, we'll just keep it rolling from there and, and all the other subjects that, that we can think of we'll talk about. Sounds good. So if anyone has any uh, questions and they want to reach out or have a suggestion for a show, they can find us on Twitter at Astro Backyard Podcast, and we will respond um, as best as we can. So to everyone out there listening, thank you for listening and subscribing. Clear skies. Take care, everybody.